Hello and welcome back to Redirected. My name is Andrew East and this is a show where we sit down with celebrities, athletes, entrepreneurs, really anybody who's experienced a pivot or change in life. At some point or another, we all go through them and I wanted to sit down with people who have made it through these changes well in order to glean wisdom about how they made it through those situations well, but also hear some entertaining stories. And my story is I studied civil engineering uh, in college with the full intention of building wells in third world countries, got derailed by the NFL for a couple of years, and now we're here making YouTube videos and I love where we're at. So today we have a great guest joining us. His name is Raz Romanescu. And if you pull up this guy's Instagram, which we'll link down below, he's the co-founder and CEO of the following companies, Game Lancer, Style, Girls, Tempe and per- Curfew, Nail Boo, Hide, Tap Brow, Underlining, and Memes. Let's see, that is nine different companies. This guy has his hands full. And I was pleasantly surprised by this conversation. He's very thoughtful, has a lot of wisdom, and I think you will be able to glean a lot of good stuff from my conversation with Raz. So if you want to find out more about Raz and what he's up to, including his companies, we'll link that in the show notes down below. And before we get into it, please subscribe and give the show a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Without further ado, here is Raz Romanescu. Raz, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to meet you. I got to say, when I came across your profile, I saw founder and CEO of how many companies are you in charge of right now? Uh, Three companies at the moment. Holy smokes. I got one. That's not that big and it's keeping my hands full. So I can't wait to to dig into who you are and how you do it. But I would love if you could kind of, for those watching on video, you have a beautiful background. I would love for you to set the scene of where you are right now, Raz. I'm in uh, Panama City, Panama, Central America. Um, me and uh, quite a few of my co-founders made the move out here from uh, Canada or Los Angeles. And uh, we have a entrepreneur hub out here. And... Uh, just work 24 seven and, uh, live a pretty decent casual life. It seems, it seems like you have embraced the local pronunciation of Panama as opposed <laughs> to maybe the more, you know, Bush I'm league. Panama. I was getting some momentum learning Spanish, uh, when I first moved here, then the quarantine hit pretty hard. So everything went on lockdown and, uh, started learning more from like Netflix subtitles and like Uber eats menus and that oh, kind of dang. So, uh, but, yeah, things are back open here, so um, definitely trying to get fluent. You're all the way in. I would love if you could kind of set the scene of how you grew up, where you grew up, little anything that's like a breadcrumb trail of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, sounds good. So uh, originally I was born in Romania, uh, moved to Canada when I was about five years old. Um, Romania used to be communist. It wasn't best country to be from so not a lot of opportunity there um, still to this day um, pretty difficult um, my dad actually moved to London uh, right when I was born to uh, take a job there and find a way to actually get us to Canada and out of Romania so I didn't actually uh, meet him till I was about five and uh, when he came back to Romania it was pretty much let's go to Canada so wow That was kind of a pivotal thing in my life when I realized that, you know, you got to take big risks to make big moves. Um, So when I saw Mm -hmm. some opportunity career, I I didn't really hesitate to make the jump because I think at an early age, I saw what it meant to take risk in order to get where you want to be. 
in Canada, it was a great place to live. Uh, met quite a few of my business partners actually from there online. Uh, originally went to school, it was not necessarily for me. I was always finding other more efficient, scalable things to make money. And uh, I just felt like I wouldn't really fit too well in an organization unless I had uh, at least some say in what was happening and the strategy, et cetera. So um, very entrepreneurial from kind of a young age. And uh, at around 20 years old, I would say about, call it 10 years ago, um, started building some big pages in the Twitter space, um, grew them to millions of followers and started working with advertisers to send traffic to their websites. Um, they would pay us for features and uh, we would send traffic quickly realizing like we're the traffic source, but we don't have our own product. What's wrong here and how can these individuals afford to pay us this much? Uh, okay, let's start our own. So we started uh, guff.com and memes.com and we moved into uh, Facebook and Instagram. That was my first, I would call it official company. Um, we grew over 60 million fans across IG and Facebook there. And uh, at one point, both those websites were top 10 most visited in the US. And uh, that was my first pretty much spearhead into uh, the business world, learning how to scale an organization, um, growing fast, growing big revenues, and uh, also the media space. So wow. after that, yeah, technically uh, realized that memes in 2013 was pretty uh, not widely adopted yet, especially when it comes to like trying to work with big advertisers, you're trying to tell you know, somebody like Gucci, they need a meme campaign when they just spent like 300,000 on like a video shoot. And, uh, you know, at that point in time, I, it was just uh, a bit too early and we were young, but it was an amazing learning experience. And it's still a company I'm a founder of. And uh, it's, uh, it's good. Then I started uh, another media company. Um, Bella Thorne is my co-founder there. It's the largest beauty females and fashion network. Um, and this is where I try to tie everything together here. So my uh, career really learned how to build big audiences on all platforms. So moving from having, you know, memes.com and guff.com to a female focused media company, um, it's pretty much a very similar tactic, very similar systems, just more laser focused. And um, then once we had the big audience, we realized, hey, once again, we're the audience, but everybody out there who's making money are the big direct to consumer brands, the big companies that can actually afford to spend advertising dollars, which led us into embarking underlining beauty, which is our uh, fastest growing and most successful company to date. Mm. Um, planning to do uh, some pretty significant numbers this year and uh, raise a bigger round later in the year. Uh, we released uh, Tatbrow as one of our brands, uh, Nailboo as one of our brands, and Hyde is one of our brands, and uh, we'll be getting to uh, 100 million revenue within five years on that company, and uh, that's with no funding to date. So, wow. And other, yeah, sorry. 10, 10 p.m. curfew with Bella Thorne is kind of the home base for all those different projects, kind of the traffic uh, source, so if you will. We definitely use that. Um, underlining is a client of 10 p.m., but mm -hmm. so are other brands and industries some of our clients include like amazon fashion uh boxycarm mm -hmm. uh the biggest names in the dtc beauty space uh, fashion space so um where we use that to basically create mass user-generated content 
and have distribution there for uh, brand partnerships, including our own companies and uh, initiatives. And uh, wow. the, the other one launched is one of my passions, which was uh, gaming. I was a hardcore gamer growing up. Um, every day I would spend probably like 10 hours a day on like Diablo 2, Ultima Online, all these MMORPG games. And that was like pretty much moved to Canada not that long before that. And that was my way of like really networking in the world and realizing that I always spent a lot of time in digital communities before social media even became a thing. And I moved from game to game when I used to play, but would always kind of, you know, build real community there, you know, do good things there. So when social came out and realized like, hey, there's nothing different than, you know, you might be trading a sword and dial away here, you're trading a post on another page for another post for a brand. Um, pretty much digital communities work the same anywhere. Um, launched Game Lancer last year, January 2020, and uh, that became the biggest uh, gaming network on TikTok. And uh, now we're launching an application that's launching in June to connect uh, gamers across the world. So, wow. I just got on, on the topic of gaming, I feel like the gaming community does not acknowledge Ages of Empire as a formative game that's nearly as much as it deserves. Game. 100%. I used to play that too. No, those are, uh, those are some staple games. You know, StarCraft, the original one was nice. Um, Warcraft, there's a, it's endless, you know. But that brought a lot of, um, what's the word? I thought it brought a lot of value into kind of my life growing up. And mm. uh, it just exposes you to things that you'd be exposed to a lot slower if you were like waiting to happen in the real world type thing. You actually have conversations with, um, individuals that could be ahead of you in life when you're like 13, you know, and you learn from them, you probably wouldn't have that conversation. If someone's seen you talking to somebody in public, it'd look weird. You know what I mean? So yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, it's so interesting talking to you. We have been, I guess, influencers or creators for lack of a better term for the past five years. And there's definitely people who use the platform and then people who build the platform. And I feel like the latter, the building the platform is a more sustainable business model for us. It's always this game of, you know, the content treadmill, trying to stay relevant. How can you, you know, try to beat the algorithm? Uh, so I respect what you've built and the vision behind that. But I'm curious when you think about what you do and how you've been successful, what do you identify as the thing that you're best at? Raz? I would say uh, growth, uh, growth hacking and strategies, I would say is important. We always can quickly determine what's working and where and uh, put our own spin on it and oftentimes do it better um, just from past experience. So I would say it's what I do is not necessarily like I'm not the smartest person in the world. I would never claim to be, but I'm insightful in the sense I could see things others can't between like reading between the lines right like i might be able to look at a product and i can already understand how i would create the marketing video for it what price i would sell it at every scene in that video what it would look like to the consumer what the landing page would look like and i have all those thoughts because i see a product and others might see that product and be like well that's nice branding i'm not even thinking about the branding that's cool that's a variable i'm thinking about can you market this to a very wide audience? 
at scale very quickly and have demand. And that's how I pick pretty much all my businesses. Um, mm. The market needs to be big. Um, you got any, you got any tips for, for us growth hacking noobs? Yeah, I would say, um, don't try to growth hack something that can't be growth hacked is the first one to start. You'll go crazy. Um, wow. a lot of people are trying to become like the biggest niche community in this and they're confused why they're like cost per acquisitions, like $150 a user, right? When we go after stuff, we go after 3 billion gamers in the world or eyebrows targeting females worldwide, right? There's no real limits to how big that can get in a sense of, you know, you don't need to have a sub community inside a community at first. We go wide and then we categorize that deeper, right? So mm. we know that majority of uh, females and this is blanket statement, but it is true, um, prefer wearing makeup and care about their eyebrows and care about how they look. So. Um, we don't have to get too crazy with our targeting. And I would say all of the heavy lifting when it comes to growth hacking is done on the front end, which means if you have a product and a market that could be infinitely scalable, the next thing you need is just a few creatives that are top performers, like your ad videos, the ones that tell your message to the world in the most efficient way. And the power one video or one photo has once you find the right one it could take you mm. 15 20 shoots to find that one that's the video that you can pretty much use that thing for years to send traffic to your site from every platform in the world um, mm. you know, a lot of people miss one or two of those pillars and then they're confused why like it's not scaling it's like you don't even have the right video and if you could have the right product but the wrong video and it won't scale or vice versa yeah. Are you bullish on any certain uh, social media platform right yeah, now? TikTok is huge right now. Yeah. I think uh, Snapchat is huge right now. It's definitely undervalued in terms of uh, what it's doing for advertisers and companies building their brands there. Um, I would say I'm extremely happy that there's new competition in the market for mm -hmm. Facebook and Instagram because uh, Snapchat, even for the last few years, it was just like, the little brother, little cousin, like it couldn't really touch them, but now they're doing significant revenues. People are spending a lot there and they're starting to see returns. Um, and TikTok, it's a whole different beast. I don't think uh, everybody in the field will have a fun time competing against them. Oh, you think, you think they're about to be the gorilla instead of trying to fight the gorilla? I think TikTok's going to be big. Yeah. I just think they have, um, they have the recent generation that's born with mobile in their hands. Yeah. They consume this to another level that like everybody that was born on Facebook and Instagram, they still have like remnants of like what it was like to go outside and play and like, you know, like maybe I shouldn't be on this device 24 seven. That's not the case with the young generation. Right. So yeah. that's the market they're getting. It's like the really hyper engaged digital first. I only live online mm -hmm. audience as opposed to, you know, some of those others. So I think just by the demographics they're growing in, it seems like they're uh, going to have a pretty good stranglehold. Man, it's so interesting when I think about the content on TikTok versus Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. YouTube, personally, from a creator standpoint, is my favorite. I feel like there's such this possibility out there and you have to be... I think diligent and strategic and uh, precise 
Whereas TikTok seems kind of random and there's no, I, I feel like, you know, when you look at social media, this is, it's this blend between entertainment and uh, education to whatever yeah. degree. 100%. And TikTok has zero education, whereas Facebook and Instagram and YouTube at least have some degree, you know. TikTok's a dopamine factory. Yeah. You can use when you're like, like it's how I use YouTube in my life. I'll throw on YouTube to watch podcasts, throw on music videos, like actually just learn things, watch interesting yeah. vlogs. And I can honestly say you can use YouTube for a few hours and treat it as like, you know, something that's a positive force in your life. TikTok, it can give you a lot of emotional spikes and a lot of entertainment, easy to digest yeah. content. Um, I don't know if it's, let's say right now, educating people too much, but it could in the future if they release some longer form or, yeah. um, and then you have Netflix, which is your long, long form content. But it's surprising because uh, it shows that there is so many ways to do the same thing with a little bit different strategy and still mm -hmm. succeed. Right? Like if somebody was like, and how is TikTok different than Snap? It's like, you know, and then how is Reels different than any of it? Or there's just a lot of demand for it technically. Yeah. When you open up a social media app, I feel like the general population uses social media strictly to consume. What is your experience and relationship with social media in that uh, sense? I'm looking at advertisements. <laughs> I'm like hunting, uh, definitely strategy, seeing what's happening in my markets, et cetera. I still use it to uh, socialize and stuff, but I'm signed into like 15 TikTok accounts, like 15 Instagram accounts. I have like notifications yeah. turned off and uh, it's easy to get sucked in switching between accounts and stuff. I try to uh, use the personal for networking. I've met a lot of amazing people and, you know, business partners, colleagues, et cetera, through the personal side. And uh, the rest is just strictly business. I just uh, make sure the numbers are growing, make sure the content looks good, it's presentable, and uh, clear communication to the customer or user, what we do and who we are. Do you have any favorite creators on any platform that are like your go-to? Hey, you know, I'm I'm relaxing. I'm here for my own personal time, and yeah. I want to turn on X Creator. Uh. I watch a lot of uh, Jay Shetty podcasts. Mm. I watch uh, the Impulsive podcast. Um, so all of it's technically YouTube. And it's crazy because it, this is actually a great story to tell. So 10 p.m. curfew, um, it didn't exist until I watched an Impulsive podcast with Bella Thorne on it. And uh, she was talking about, hey, hey, she wants to own multiple businesses. She wants to turn into a mogul, doesn't want to just do acting and music, wants to build companies, build things. And I, I just saw kind of that personality and that hunger. And I sent a DM to Bella Thorne from one of our pages and uh, said, Hey, you know, saw that episode, love it. Um, we're the fastest growing female fashion and beauty network. And we'd love for you to be you know, a founder of it with us. Um, it was clear that she wasn't an individual that wanted to just be treated like an A-list celebrity and not put in any work or anything. It was, uh, so that's one turn a podcast guest into a DM, into a company that's flourishing within probably six months after the episode aired. So um, wow. crazy the value that is out there if you can extract it, that's the thing, right? Putting those pieces together and taking action on them, what's actually matters. Everybody else just saw that podcast and was like, wow, cool, right? 
I was like opportunity and uh, we're taking a shot. It could have been a complete ignore, but hey, nothing to lose, right? Yeah. How have you chosen your business partners? Um, a lot of the business partners I have that I've been in, uh, I've been with since the beginning. So got very fortunate. Some of them chose me and the way I say that is I've had the right people reach out to me and pretty much harass me to the point that I'm like, okay, here's an opportunity. And then they like surprise me to the point where it's like, wow, I would continue doing business with this person forever. And then it just evolves. So um, if you look at kind of the team around me, both my, pretty much at all my companies, everybody I'm founder of, uh, co-founder with, I've known for 10 plus years and they all uh, have strengths that I don't and uh, we make a great team. Yeah. My next question is this. I see a treadmill in the background. How fast can you run a mile, Raz? I want to put you on the spot. I couldn't even give you an accurate answer. (laughs) I haven't even timed myself in ages. I have no idea, to be honest. I don't even know if I can run a mile that fast right now. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It'd be a a lie if I said anything. So, (laughs) why why Panama? Or, sorry, Panama. Panama, because uh, we're Canadian citizens and. We, we went to LA for, you know, call it six years on an E2 visa to start our companies. And we realized we don't even leave our condos. All we do is work 24 mm. seven. That if you shipped us to like a hut in like the middle of nowhere, we wouldn't even know the difference because order food all the time. We'd barely like surface to go outside. And we realized, hey, 55% tax, um, just didn't really start adding up anymore for kind of like the burden. like. You know, nobody in America even saw us. We put like the least burden ever on the economy or anything, if anything. Uh, so being Canadian citizens, there's a treaty here, uh, favored nations, where if you're out here and you make your money online, it's uh, 0% income tax. So wow, came out here for a month with my co-founder who's originally from here. And uh, we said, let's Airbnb here and see if we could just integrate and live like we do in LA and work. It was like so shockingly easy to the point that after that month, it was like, it's a no brainer. You know, what you, what you get in LA for like $18,000 a month, you get here for like 2,500. It feels like you're in Miami, New York. Um, and just the quality of life's amazing that it'd be, it'd be pretty difficult to, um, make the move back right now. Anyways. Wow. Wow. I'm so you, you've mentioned a couple of times you work 24 seven, uh, I'm curious, do you feel like there is such thing as too much or yeah, overdoing it? hundred percent. Yeah. Anyone who says there isn't is lying, you know, but, uh, I think there's always little sprints, right? So I, I think that's how it has to be treated. There's times of growth and there's times where you have to press on the gas because it's like, Hey, you're in this, whether you like it or not, <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. if the opportunity is there, you finish it. But then there's also times where it's like, damn, I need to chill. Now we're in a stable place. It's just growth, growth, growth. It's predictable. So, um, there's cycles and yeah, there is stuff is too much, but you always have to work towards efficiency. Um, what the company was, um, when they were all founded and you had to be in sprint mode before you even feel like you have revenues or the ability to support a team is much different than a company now where you, you hop on calls, everybody has their task. It's like kind of updates, any issues? No. All right, let's double down here. Everybody report back and let's 
it's much more efficient and manageable. At the beginning, you shouldn't even expect to be able to have some time off because too many things can go wrong and a uh, few things go right. So you got to seize those moments, right? Yeah. They do. got that. Um, what do you feel like your biggest weakness or weaknesses are? My biggest uh, weakness, I would say, is uh, the organizational side of things in terms of, like, I don't really like, like, living in spreadsheets or making, like, endless lists and, like, having, like, 13 tabs open to, like, measure everything. I like to move really fast and grow and just hammer kind of, like, the main things. And that's why a lot of my partners and stuff, uh, you know, are ones that will move slower, be like, hold on, let's document this, let's look at this. And it's like, uh, it's a nice marriage. Um, but I think it's one of those things where um, I think the greatest strength of the growth and putting the pieces together and moving fast outweighs that weakness if you can find somebody that can like help elevate and support that part of the organization, right? Because mm. if I had to stop to document everything, it would take a lot of time away from like, what's the plan? Where are we expanding? Um, so that, that's well, what I would say. How, how big is your team that you're working with between all the different companies? 10 p.m. We have a team of about 12 people full time. Nice. Uh, Game Lancer, we're at around 23 right now. And Underlining Beauty, we're at around 20. Nice. Wow. I recently read a book. I don't know if you're into reading, but I've recently Audio found a book for me. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I love reading, but I'm on yeah. my phone and computer so much that like this position is like so ingrained in me that I try not to like hold anything else in front of my face because yeah. uh, it's almost like impossible to get away from the phone. So, uh, <laughs> audiobooks is uh, my, my like kind of middle ground. Yeah, I get that. I, I, I was listening to, to one or in. I listen and read because I'm the slowest reader ever, but I have zero retention if I don't have something uh, in front yeah. of me to see. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's called Who Not How by uh, Dan Sullivan and talking about the concept of we all have goals and future visions that we get excited about, right? But where we all get hung up is as soon as we come up with that goal, the next thing that happens is, oh, well, I have to do X, Y, and Z to get there. And then that's where discouragement and kind of burnout happens because you're like, oh, well, I don't know how to freaking file for an LLC or I don't know how to uh, growth hack a, a, a social media platform and that's what we need. And the whole concept was there are people out there who can help you with that. So just partner with them, find good people to work with and who share your vision and then it's it's more efficient, it's more fun, and you actually will accomplish your goal. So uh, you seem to have been doing a good job at that. But I'm, I'm curious what a day in the life of Raz looks like. You currently are the co-founder and CEO of, you said, three companies. And historically, you've been a part of many more. But, but what does your day look like? So uh, I try to wake up every day and uh, do the walk with like an audio book or an exercise. So I got the Fitbit on. Always nice. try to get the 10K steps, a good amount of sleep, um, and just start the morning with either a workout, exercise. Um, and then I just jump right into what I call just like the, the high level, most important things of the week. Um, 
that is where I'll keep things organized, but you won't see like a 33 page novel. You'll see like four bullet points for game lines or four bullet points for underline, three bullet points for 10 PM. And then I will start having phone calls with all the stakeholders and people that I would need to make sure that these bullet points kind of get handled. So one might be finalize this deal is one of the biggest things that we'll move the company for this week, you know, or vice versa. So I always look at the very high level and I always try to start the day with uh, some personal time because once the day starts, you, it's very hard to be like, I'm done at 7 p.m. when like so many people still need something from you and they can't do yeah. a job if you're not answering. So um, I try to squeeze in the personal time before everybody else um, does it. So high level yeah. stuff, pretty much meetings and execution. And uh, at the end of every month to the thing, I just try to review everything. Um, where are we doing good? Where are we doing bad? Um, is there anything we're focusing on that shouldn't be focused on? We're just wasting our time. And it's clear that it's not even an initiative. And uh, I just try to simplify pretty much uh, every month and track the progress. Mm. Are, is there any software or tools that you use that help you do that? I don't like those. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Like I've, I've been like in, I've had probably had like four Asana accounts. Yeah. Like so many teamwork things, but um like I said, I I don't know what it is. I just don't really like working out of those. It seems like yeah. how my mind works. And sometimes I'll have like too many things to just like plug into an actual thing. But those always come down into one point for me or two things that could just be executed on. So mm. um stuff yeah. we just work closely through like Slack and Skype. So yeah. We're very aware of the Skype. Time. Whoa, old school. Bro. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow. No, it's uh people sleep on Skype, I promise. Consent. <laughs> uh, it's great. That's funny. I I feel like the the most successful people that I know have a unique ability to realize the most important thing that needs to be done and then stay focused on accomplishing that. And so the, to, the, to your point of you come up with like four high level things, it's, it's such a skill and such a discipline to actually have the, I don't know, self-awareness, the reflection and the, yeah, the focus to be like, okay, you know what, started, this is, go ahead. It, it truly started because we never had funding at any of our companies, right? So if we didn't make money, you would not have money to survive. There was no like rainy day fun it was always high stakes so if you start okay let's spend thirty thousand on a video shoot make sure our design looks great it's like hey, this money doesn't even exist find what works you know mm -hmm. so you always had to find the thing to drive the result and then that mentality kind of stays with you through every venture um and you realize that a lot of the things are noise mm -hmm. um if you remove them from your organization not much would change but if you always focus on that uh that main goal, that main initiative. And one of my advisors, he always says like, the CEO is just technically the chief reminder officer. That's what yeah. you want. You know, yeah. you need to pretty much say, this is the goal we're sticking on the path and uh, remove any barriers and offer support anywhere you can. But uh, wow. once, once the business model is set and you have product market fit, things shouldn't be like changing day to day drastically or like roller coaster type thing. It's usually when, uh, 
when you're really growing and starting something new, you're about to put out a fire every day. Uh, but when you have some stability, that's when you can actually uh, take the step back and really just truly decide always what the most important thing is. You have a bit more time to be strategic, mm. but the start at sprint like 24 seven. Yeah. Not to drop another book recommendation, but here I go. I didn't uh, know the one thing by Gary Keller, uh, Keller and Keller, I think was his real estate company, but this whole book, he talks about how focusing on the one thing, and this is a quote, what is the one thing I can do such that everything else becomes easier or unnecessary? And I have that written down on our whiteboard and that's kind of how I approach the day. It's like, dang, I'm like, yeah, why spend time on unnecessary things when there's literally one thing I could do? Maybe that's hiring a person or maybe that's, you know, whatever it is that makes other things. This is where it really adds up. So I get that question. You have a lot of companies, et cetera, but like in the grand scheme of what I'm doing compared to someone like Elon Musk, who's like sending people to space while putting like tech in your brain and like changing like transportation, he still has time to be like going on vacation, doing this, do that. Every president of the United States golfs like 200 days of the year somehow while like leading the world's like strongest economy and army. So what does that say about like your infrastructure? If you're like a four person team and drowning all the time, you're, mm. you're not efficiently either delegating or you're, what you're doing is too complicated. You yeah. know, if it's distilled down into simple steps and then you find the right team to support all those, um, big decisions should be the only things left to make because the other decisions have already been made. You're not going to, pivot from gaming to something else unless it's a big decision. If yeah. not, you stick to the script and keep growing in that niche or do whatever it has to uh, continue. So you mentioned Elon Musk changing transportation and trying to get humans to Mars. What are, what are your goals, Raz? How do you want to impact the world? Yeah, I definitely want to grow these companies to become kind of bigger than life on their own. Um, depending on what happens after that, whether they IPO, get acquired, or we just hold them publicly, I mean, privately, and just uh, operate. Um, Louis, I want to start a fund in the future because I think uh, I don't necessarily want to be the operator of any more companies after these ones. I feel like uh, it's been an amazing journey. It's taught me a lot, but I want to invest in like future things that I think are very cool and up-and-coming talent, and I think I'd be able to help other companies kind of break through the noise much mm. faster than like uh, starting new companies myself over and over and over again. So wow. we want to start a fund. And what are three things that you've either learned or uh, through experience or been taught that you feel like have provided value to get you where you are? Yeah, I would say the first one is, uh, just jump right in. You know, that's the only way to learn anything truly. And you can't be scared. You know, a lot of people will be like, I, I just suck at business. It's like, yeah, obviously you've never tried to do anything. It's like, why would you ever even have the notion that you should be good at something, right? It's like, if you've never swam and someone pushes you in the pool, expect to drown, you know? It's people's like expectations of what the journey is gonna look like that screws them up, just like you said. Um, None of this is rocket science, truly. You know, everyone's done it. There's a million resources out there. 
Um, that leads to number two. It's, uh, you know, if somebody's done it before you, you can definitely do it, especially when every business around you, every product you use, every restaurant you eat at literally did not exist until someone started it. Um, it starts, you just have to look at the world in a different way. It's not impossible, but if you think it is, it will be. And uh, number three, this goes more to uh, towards like individuals that let's say uh, have a career they don't like and uh, always try to find like other lines of revenue. I would say uh, they should definitely be looking at the salary that they do have coming in on a stable level as like risk capital. And if you're in a place that let's say you don't like your job, you're trying to like switch careers, you should definitely be focused on like taking 20, 30% of that and viewing it as like funding towards your freedom or your own lifestyle and taking risk with that. Um, you know, you never know until you try technically is kind of yeah. the, the basis. I, uh, I recently sat down with a guy who founded rivals.com comicbook.com, 247sports.com, pop culture, all these different websites sold multiple for over a hundred million dollars. And, uh, he was sharing some insight and I'm pretty, I think fiscally, uh, risk averse with yeah. personal finances. And he said, look, here's what, here's one thing that helped me. Cause I used to be the same way is you set a certain budget of things of, of the amount of money that you need to live on and, you know, enjoy your life. And then everything else above that consider R and D like exactly. research and development and just like go for it. And I, I promise you, me personally, I did not start making seriously serious money on a personal level until about year nine, because every money I had come back in would be going right back into my companies to test new things, et cetera. And then it gets to a point where obviously you plant the seeds, the tree grows, then you pick the fruit. Um, you have to keep feeding it. But R&D is the only way to describe it. Mm. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to start something groundbreaking every single time. There's some things out there that are clearly working that you could just also just hop in the market. You don't need to be the next biggest thing, for example. Um, yeah. You know, you could take a reasonable size of any market and live an amazing life if you just take the risk. So do you have any role models, Raz? Uh, I would say Elon Musk is one of them mm. based on how forward thinking he is. Um, I would say my dad's been influential. Um, other than that, I would just have respect for anybody that does great things. I would say, um, I'd like to learn from a lot of individuals, but I don't have anybody's like poster on my wall. Technically, is the way to say it, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. great people and high achievers. They all uh, just put it all on the line is the only way to describe it. Mm. Raz, well, I appreciate you giving me the time. Appreciate the wisdom. And I'm excited to, to follow you as you grow your businesses. And uh, if you ever need anything, if we can ever help, then please let us know. But this was a fun conversation. Thanks for joining. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate you.